All right, guys, welcome to Inside the Unsigned. As always, I am Joe D. And I'm old motherfucking G. Hell yeah. And uh, today we have uh, a very special guest. His name is Gabe Valdez. How you doing, Gabe? Doing very well. Enjoying this evening right now, sipping on a beer. That's what oh, I'm yeah. talking about. Same here. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I have to do. Uh, you said it's quite tasty. What, what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm from a Sacramento brewery called New Glory. And it's an IPA. It's a one pint. So I'm chilling on that right now. Fancy motherfucker right there. <laughs> I'm over here like, all right, well, I'm going to keep mine quiet then. So uh, we'll move on. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a bitch drink. I'm drinking that Bud Light fucking Lime Marita. And I got a <laughs> bottle of Pinnacle on the side. So I'm getting white girl wasted tonight. <laughs> uh, Damn, you are on that white girl wasted level. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to live cheap today, son. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I, I'm on that. I'm on that Bud Light wave as well. But mine's the Bud Light Platinum, so I, I, you know, stepped it up a little bit. But my man's yeah, on it. You want it? It's better than I thought it'd be, though. The, the Platinum, it's like, it's not what you think. You know what I mean? It has a good taste to it. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, a fan like, of it. It doesn't have like a, it's like, I don't know how to describe beer or whatever, but it just, it feels a little, little more full or whatever. It doesn't give me a weird like taste in the back of my mouth, like most Bud Lights do or whatever, like the typical beer or light beer taste on the, on the like back of your mouth or whatever. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's crazy because there's so many breweries here in Sacramento that they just pop up everywhere. You know what I mean? Like. You can literally walk to about 10 of them, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's crazy. But there's definitely some good ones out there, and it's always nice to go out and try some new brews, you know? That's sick, man. I, we, I don't really have too much of that where I live. I'm in the fucking cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I, all I see is cornfields and fucking animals and shit. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no around there. Everything's driven by truck to... The one that really over there. <laughs> I, got, I got one fast food chain in my town, and it's a fucking McDonald's, and one, no, two gas stations, and like three liquor stores, and that's it. Because everyone here is trying to kill themselves. <laughs> Which is why you're making music, so then you can get out of this shithole, though, right? <laughs> shit, you, uh, shit, you heard me right, son. This shit is whack, but you know, <laughs> I kind of enjoy the the country life a little bit, kind of be you know, at peace, you know, I have a lot of nature around where I live. So I'm, I'm, I kind of make the best of it. No, that's that. I mean, I'm a city boy, man, but I do love like nature when it comes down to it, you know, going up to the mountains and just like chilling out for a while, you know? Yeah. I love growth, but Hey, I mean, these are the cards I'm dealt with and I love life. So I'm making the best of it. Hey. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. It's, I mean, he's, he's trying to live. Oh, you see what yeah, I did exactly. there? Yeah, exactly. Doing another game. Living my best right. life out here. <laughs> that is, he's trying to live. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, tell me, tell me more about that though, because that's uh, we'll we'll get into the music thing and like uh, you know, the questions and stuff that we have for you about that, and you know, we can just shoot the shit or whatever. But that way, uh, the, the trying to live uh, brand or uh, I guess it's a, a merchandise company you made or. Uh, or how would you describe it, really? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I started it uh, about a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, the I was messing around with just, like, a couple of designs for fun. And uh, 
you know, then I came up with this weird triangle design and then tried to come up with a name for it. I was like, oh, what goes with this triangle and, or name wise? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, trying, trying to live. And then boom, that was kind of like how it all started. And um, a couple of friends were like, oh, you should just like sell it, sell it to somebody or do whatever. I sat on it for a few months and then I just was like, fuck it, I'm going to start a clothing brand. I'm just going to start, see what's going to go or where it's going to go from here. And uh, honestly, it's been like the best decision, you know, like a year and a half later, I have nine designs, but they're not all currently released yet. Um, and yeah. I've been playing, I've been having merch tables and stuff and selling out at the merch tables. So it's been cool. That's sick. Where can people find your merchandise if they want to order it online? It's at trying to live.com. So it'll be T R I I. N G T O L A V E dot com. And you, know uh, what you should do, my new Gabe. You should you should slime me a shirt so I can represent. Hey. <laughs> yeah, dude. I can definitely send you guys some shirts for sure. Yeah, you're the man. I'm all about it. I'm trying to get that uh that daily grind one. That shit is awesome. With the uh, skeleton drinking coffee in the back. Yeah. yeah. That's Thank exactly you, how you look, Joe. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's just a skeleton drinking coffee. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm so addicted to coffee where i just that like when i first thought of the idea i was like oh boom and then uh i've been like really also making you know the i don't know if you noticed the live on the hat uh so it's been a big logo i've been like putting into different designs so i put it into the daily grind wearing the hat also in the uh writing life's wave i put it on the board shorts i put live right there and it just happens to be that I sell those hats. So it's, you know. That's fire. Yeah. I can dig Tough it, man. Sick. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you do all the designs yourself or, uh, like, uh, or like, do you ever like reach out for, you know, help or anything like that? Or is that all like all you? Uh, no. So I do some stuff, um, but I do reach out to somebody. His name's Zachy Bears. Uh, he's pretty tight. And, uh, he helps me out a lot, you know what I mean? He gets the, he brings what I need, uh, you know, my image to life because I'm pretty descriptive of what I want. And I'm like, this needs to be in there, this, this, and this. And he understands it and he's able to bring that to life when I tell him. So, a clutch plug. Really yeah. So, yeah. So, and Jackie it, Bears is the dude. He's a dope dude for sure. And isn't that awesome? Like, when you have a vision and like it's kind of hard to, I mean, even if it's easy to describe or whatever, you can't exactly like say what's in your head, like what you have in mind, but you can do your best. But then the the art gets back to you and it's exactly how you picture it. I'm like, holy fuck, did you like read my mind? Like this was, I know I didn't include all of this, but this is exactly how I pictured it. I fucking love when that happens. Yeah, it is really cool when he's able to just, you're just like, damn. And not only that, not only just like bringing it to life and like, knowing what i want but it's even like doing improvements the small stuff that you would have never thought of you know and that's what's yeah. really cool so like you know i i've done i've dabbled in some like you know graphic design and um i still have a lot to learn you know what i mean and i'm really picky with what i release so i'm personally the only thing i've released of mine is only simple stuff you know um i haven't gone out of my way to release something complex in mine yet so Maybe down the road I will, but for now, at least I have something that still gives my message out there per design. You know, all the designs are like a positive thing, you know what I mean? And so, 
I yeah. think like people can understand that when they read, you know, when they see the shirts and shit. You know what I mean? Oh, the time it's will come, cool. my friend. I like it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Do you? Uh, I'm. I mean, it's usually a very like high cost up front or whatever. But do you like print them yourselves, uh, yourself too, or do you, uh, you know, go go through a third party thing? I have a local guy here. Um, he's really cool, um, and his name's Matt. This and he actually just dropped me off some brand new shirts literally today. So today, like how I said, I've been really busy today after work. Like, and uh, I had to make it here on time. I went to the bank, went to the grocery store, went to go pick up some AFI tickets, and and then um, what did I do? Yeah, and then I came home, and then by the time it was dope because he brought in the box of the shirts, and I'm just like, dude, this looks perfect. So. Uh, so, but anyways yeah so i do all that locally though it's pretty sick wow it's cool you have the connect and you have the go-to guy for the art designs because that's really key to have when you find that guy you just do not want to let him go i definitely have a few guys of myself for that yeah it helps because too if i there's something that i'll mention later on in the podcast that i'm working on and these guys will both come in handy when it comes down to it so I'm always keeping contacts in mind for everything, you know, and whether if it's a music industry thing, whether if it's a clothing brand thing, whatever it is, I try to keep all my contacts close as as best as I can with a busy life. You know what I mean? Yeah. How long have you been doing this clothing line? A year and a half. Yeah, that's sick, man. Like if it, let's say if I was starting, uh, starting a, a clothing line or someone's listening, like where do you begin getting that started? First stop, you're going to want to look into buying like an LLC or you're going to be wanting to look at how you can copyright your name. And uh, with like an LLC, you won't, um, let's say you try to get sued for like something of your brand or, and that's also music related as a record label. You know, LLCs are the best for businesses because if you uh, get sued, then any assets that you have, it's only business assets and not personal assets. So that's a big important thing for business. Absolutely. Um, sec- second thing is, uh, I use Shopify as, and that's that's huge. It's obviously the biggest e-commerce right now for online stores. So you don't have to do like drop shipping. You can have your own like stuff and send it out yourself and still use their platform. And Damn, Dropify! Check that out. No, no, it's Shop Shopify. Shop- Shopify. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're like right. breaking up. Thank you for that, Shopify. Yeah, but Orion, that's that that's the site that I was telling you that I was just recently. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I was, I, I'm definitely gonna be utilizing that. Yeah, I was just looking into it and like, I was like, why haven't I been like looking at this before? Like this has been because I I listen to a shit ton of podcasts or whatever. Also, and that's where I first found out about it. And I'm like, motherfucker, this is like literally like this is like you said a great starting point. Like just a great like you know very low risk starting starting point where like you don't have to worry with about so many out, outside factors and dropping a whole bunch of money up front like it's a really good you know platform as you said to like get started and kind of generate some some buzz around the name or or brand that you're trying to start up hell yeah, yeah the thing that i really love about it at the time um you know i didn't i put all of my money that i kept like earning you know what i mean like i was living paycheck to paycheck and anything that i had it would put towards the brand but the thing that helped with shopify was 
I did use drop shipping in the beginning and that kind of helped like for one what was selling and um, you know even if it was only one one design or two designs um, it helped create more of my profits and start you know the more money I started getting the more I started to be able to invest into the brand and and then start investing into actual local inventory and now I'm big enough where I can have enough local inventory and not worry about it you know and so and also I think the biggest uh, thing with business that a lot of people will give up so soon you know I've been a brand for only a year and a half but people will still give up because they've only made X amount of sales and they haven't made where they want to be you know they just see this like I only sold 10 shirts within three months dude this is gonna suck you know what I mean and people just give up because of that you know and yeah no, and it's the patience and you know I mean basically patience is is a huge factor in you know like maintaining a business especially startups like it's just it's yeah it's tough work to do and I mean I know it's cliched to say but you have to spend money to make money and you're definitely not going to be like you can't expect an immediate turnaround like with with literally anything and you can definitely say that with music too like you know you start off as a local band and in most cases you're not like you're not the biggest touring band like after like three months you're going to be at least on the local scene for a year or two like as a good starting point or whatever like it and that's still going to be hard and you're still spending a whole bunch of money investing a whole lot of a lot of your you know time and money and effort into building up a band or whatever and you know if you're not selling very many cds it's like yeah because not many people know about you yet like you know you still have to keep doing it and you know at least be smart about it see what's working and you know capitalize on that and whatever's not working you know maybe rework that idea or you know maybe scrap it and try try something else that's more worth your time or whatever and that translates you know like i said to bands but also to you know building a brand and and all that absolutely yeah i can definitely agree with that you know what i mean it's i'm glad i never gave up because it's for sure in the beginning is a hard journey man it's it's one of those things where you like uh you know you see like how many sales you get and you're like wow dude like i really hope this works but like it's not biting you know and the support you'd be getting was from you know friends and family and that's it and not in any outer parties at the time and then you're sitting on it for more than a few months at this point you know what i mean it's like and that can kind of be uh you know it puts you down a little bit but then you're like all right well what can i do like how could i how can I reach my demographic that I really want, you know, like how can I appeal to them and what marketing strategies can I do to bring them in? You know what I mean? Um, and whatever I've been doing, it's been helping. You know what I mean? I've made a, you know, New York sale and I made a couple other out of state sales. Uh, I have a SoCal sale that's bought for me twice from the same person from somebody I don't even know. Um, so that was really cool. So it's, oh, yeah. and then, it's spreading and a man. Lot of that's where it starts yeah so i'm really excited so at this point now i'm starting to have enough money and having enough like inventory where i could start sponsoring artists at this point and it took a long time to try to get to that point though you know what i mean because it's just you keep reinvesting and reinvesting and you're not having a lot of money to show at the time you know what i mean you want to use that money to go party but like then you have nothing left
Right, right. <laughs> so you have to like really hold back and like, all right, I'm not gonna go out. I'm gonna be chilling at home, and then save my money and reinvest that money. You know, so. That's been a journey for me too. You know what I mean? You guys got me inspired. I'm thinking about clothing brands now. Like, this is great. <laughs> Keep it up. Like, you got me thinking, bro. I fucking love doing these podcasts. Yeah, man. You can always find inspiration in anything. And that's the thing. If you know how to tackle something, you know how to do something well, then you might as well. And, you know, like, you guys both have enough reach where you can have another business of some sort and eventually it will grow you know what i mean you just got to give it time dude it's like a tree dude it's it's a baby tree at first but it's not gonna be some big ass tree right away like you know what i mean it's gonna right it needs to grow yeah <laughs> so feeding that shit the water and the earth get that shit the tree of life dragon ball z black <laughs> <laughs> dragon ball z yo man i mean i'll, I'll about start talking about dragon ball z let me stop yo <laughs> He's about to go in. <laughs> Fucking Monica Vegeta and shit, yo, damn. Yo, that's my homie. Yo, don't get me dragged into this. <laughs> <laughs> that's my homie. Yo, Vegeta is a badass dude. You know why? Because he's smashing Bulma. Hell yeah. <laughs> dude, that is way too funny, dude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like, I love everything that you're talking about, man, because that can still be applied for anything someone's uh you know trying to aspire to do and having patience and you know working at it so this is a very good lesson for anyone listening who wants to achieve any goal you know it's not going to happen overnight it's really not i mean it's why the brain i think speaks to a lot of people you know trying to live because in one way or another someone you know everybody's trying to live whether if it's paycheck to paycheck or depression a disability uh, whatever it could be and uh it it gives people uh it makes people feel more comfortable that they're not alone in that you know what i mean and so yes, sir. whether if it is still also if they're struggling uh building a brand or whatever it is you know what i mean so i think that you know that's why the brain means a lot to me i'm stoked on it and i think over time people will get that message you know yeah dude so are you yeah, looking to like what? What's next on your list to get done? Are you thinking about getting like some something outside the box, like some fucking socks or some shoes or something outside the box? Like, what's your goal? Like, we trying to, you know, you trying to do it all? Um, honestly, I you know I have thought about a lot of stuff of what I would do. Yeah, socks have came across my mind, or you know, eventually I was gonna get coffee cups for like the daily grind one. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I put yes. out. Yes put out limited edition windbreakers and they sold out so fast. Oh shit, so yo. Bring them back. Yeah. No, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a new uh, new run of some windbreakers. These ones are going to be button-up camo ones. So these ones are going to be sick. And so that one I'm hoping to put out hopefully in the next couple months. I would have uh, that every day of my life. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money up front, but dude, it's worth it for sure, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. And so, um, especially, but, uh, especially if you saw it like sell out that quickly, like that's like already a huge like. All right, cool. That definitely works. Yeah, it was a lot of money, but I already know the return is basically immediate. So that's that's definitely a route worth pursuing. Yeah, I mean the thing is, uh, I put like pre-orders up, dude, and pre-orders are good for any business that I at least feel confident within the product. And I already knew that they would do well. So when I put the pre-orders up. 
Dude, I made like half of the money back already. Like I think I I ordered twenty four, and I think I had maybe twelve or thirteen pre orders. <laughs> so it was pretty damn. big. Yeah, um, that's so really good. Yeah, damn. It really, it really helped out, man. And I had people from like SoCal again, not a different guy too. Is a different. Is like this guy was like from Los Angeles. And uh, he bought one, and then there's a couple other people too. And I was like, dude, this is so sick. And they didn't have to do any sponsored like marketing with that stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and I personally wouldn't do sponsored posts for me personally as a brand, I would do more influencer stuff. So, yeah, you know, I'd pay an influencer versus sponsored stuff, you know? So, with Shopify, what? I have a quick question, I don't know much about what? it. Can you do pre orders through Shopify? Like, how does all that work? Um, it, you just kind of create your own pre-order. It like so. What I did was, um, people were able to put the purchase in, but in the captions, I put pre-order, and um, I put the sizes that were available for that pre-order, and you put the images up, and you pretty much will still get money from those people, and you'll also get you know you'll get all the information right there. Um, but you just for me, the only way I was able to do it was through the quotations. You know what I mean? windbreaker pre-order and that people eventually got the gist of it you know what i mean absolutely um, so with shopify um you know i kind of get how you get it started with the designs and all do they do just you know simple things like shirts or can you do all the stuff you're talking about hats and windbreakers and stuff or is it kind of limited no it's it's no um so shopify is only a platform for checking out it's a it's a store and so uh, that's where your website's going to be. They don't do the printing for you. There's third parties that do that for you. So what I use as that third party was a company called Printful. Um, and, and Printful has a pretty huge variety of stuff. They are a drop shipping company. So that's when I started. They were the perfect start. But they are not the quality that I honestly look for. So now that I've maintained a pretty good reputation uh and able to afford actual like good quality prints and local prints that's obviously the route that i've uh, have taken but um printful it, they are the ones that will print like on sweatshirts for you they'll print on uh, coffee mugs they'll print on backpacks they have a good range of stuff t-shirts and stuff like that but it's it's direct to garment printing so it's not like a regular screen print therefore the quality it's not going to be that great it's right. a lack and it's cool, but it's not for me. You know what I mean? I got yeah, you. No, yeah, I know exactly what, what you're talking about because that's, prob that's probably what I was looking into when I was, like, first discovering uh, Shopify or whatever because then um, I don't know if I ordered a shirt from there, but I could tell it was, like, not the normal screen printing thing. And I was like, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, it's passable, but it's not, like, and it's still, like, a decent shirt or whatever, but, like, there's – I definitely want to have that next step or like, you know, actually have them be screen printed or whatever. Uh, I, I could tell it was, you know, not the typical thing I was looking for. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I, def I definitely get that. It's weird because there's no texture to it. And um, even I honestly only printed like white designs. And so it was okay once you kind of did that. But once you started reaching into uh, – colors then dude it was all, a different ball game it was all messed up um so i never printed a single colored shirt like that had two 
two colors or whatever it was, I never did it just because it would have turned out horrible. And I've always did test prints first before actually releasing them at the time. And then there's ones that I just like designs that I never purposely released because they just wouldn't have worked. It would have like lost customers and it probably would have had a bad re reputation if I didn't, um, if I wasn't patient, you know what I mean? So, so, this, yeah. so this company, it, so Shopify goes through this company that's doing some kind of ass stuff or what? No, no. So it's the other way around. So Shopify, people go to Shopify because Shopify is the king of an e-commerce uh, website host. They are people use them. So you can connect various drop shipping companies to Shopify. And gotcha. so whether, so, and so it's not like they're partners in crime, you know what I mean? That are not printful is just using the platform just as myself, as a, you know, as a clothing brand and stuff. So they use their own service and connect it with Shopify and able to, to create a business. And, um, I mean, they've had like over 5 million people using it and that's Printful, not Shopify. And so a lot of people have used it. People are still cons like happy with it. I think when it comes to their hats, that's something I'm happy with because it's just, it's, uh, you know, you don't, it's embroidery, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you mess that up? It's not like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Good nods. Good to know. <laughs> yes yeah. so um one thing uh you had mentioned uh earlier um when you were talking about printing or uh printing locally locally or whatever and orion you brought up uh you know once you have that contact or whatever and you want to like basically when you get some solid contacts or whatever uh you know you really want to like stick to them and keep a good relationship with that but uh, i kind of want to like uh, segue that into uh, kind of your uh, your past work in dealing with like music and bands and stuff like that and especially you know being part of like the industry in general like contacts are the biggest fucking thing like that's the biggest tool you can have like no matter what but especially in what you were doing like the amount of contacts that you had and like the uh, strength of the relationships that's like really important to have um so we'll dive into that in a second but in the first place like how do you even like start to even like acquire uh you know different contacts like coming up uh or, like in in that way or whatever well it depends on what you're doing so yeah uh, there's different contacts in different so if like you're a booking agent, you're going to want to acquire more people in the booking management. You're going to want to acquire obviously people with booking and record labels and also PR, you know, management's going to want to try to bring everybody try to be connected with everybody, you know? Um, so for myself personally, um, I, I was really lucky when it came into finding contacts, it kind of, it all came to me at once. Uh, it was 2000, uh, 2009, um, I think it was, or very, actually, I think it was like the very end of 2008 going into 2009. I started management. I like looked at a tons of like tons of research and, uh, and I discovered, you know, asking Alexandria and, um, and that happened through MySpace. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> and 
for me personally, contacts just ended up coming to me. And so I didn't have to go through, like, of course I did research on record labels, but the way I got them signed was to do the research. So go on the websites, look up info and, okay, who's, uh, you know, this is info at SamarianRecords.com or this and this and that, right? Even though it's Sean, Sean is the guy that I went through for Samarian when he did work there. <laughs> but anyways, so like, you know, once I were, was to find somebody that was valuable, that's when people started to come into me knowing that I had something and people wanted that, you know what I mean? Um, right. But if you don't have something of value and you're trying to get in there, you just have to contact them like, hey, um, my name's Gabe uh, or whoever you are. And, you know, I I represent this artist or I'm getting into this industry. You know what I mean? If it, is it cool if I keep you as a contact? And, you know, you kind of don't bug them, but you kind of talk to them maybe every few weeks or something like that. Try to, you know, get them to not forget you. And then eventually, uh, hopefully you guys become good connects and they're mutual beneficial or, you know, being mutual benefited from each other, you know? Yeah, that's why right. you say that having something of value, because I have a lot. I have a lot of like. Well, I know a lot of managers who are trying to come up, and they're pitching for tours, they're pitching for that, or they're doing all types of things, and they consistently get shut down, and they're just trying so hard, but they always stick to like the same, you know, ten bands that they have, and they never really get anyone that has the potential to break through. And what you said, like that's a big factor having a band or an artist that does have that pool to where the demand is for that artist. There's so many guys who don't have any bands with demand, but they're still trying. And I feel for those guys. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of managers. Like, I think the crazy thing is, um, you know, when it comes to value, you know, you have to, like, I could have, when I started as like a manager, I could have started out local, you know, managing Sacramento bands. But if I did that, um, in my opinion, I don't think I would have gotten that far. There's only so much reach I would have gone. I would have only stuck with my comfort zone, picking up probably really good local artists. You know what I mean? But yeah, right. I would have no room to grow. But since I took a huge leap, and I asked, you know, Andrea was in uh, New Jersey at the time, so they already had their papers and everything. So signing them was a pretty much a breeze. So to sign somebody that was from another state, that's huge, especially for managing for the first time. And I right. took that, like, that huge leap because I was like, this band's huge. And um, I actually knew Eric Rushing really well at the time. Or not really well. I was interning for him. And um, I was like, hey, Eric, I found this really good band. He, Eric Rushing, by the way, for the people that don't know, he uh, started the company, the Artery Foundation, and they had Devil Wars Parada, Day to Remember, Dance Kevin Dance, Skylet Drive. The name goes on for management. And um, so, you know, I was like in the right, I had the right connection. I was in the right spot. And uh, it just happens to be that I took the right step to knowing what I wanted to do. And honestly, Eric didn't want anything to do with them. So I just started shopping them myself. I was like, all right, how hard can this be? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, and uh, I didn't know it was going to get me anywhere, honestly. And sure enough, like, 
offers started coming left and right. And you're just like, what? What is going on right now? How do I deal with this? And uh, <laughs> you really, think it wasn't ready? I was not ready. I was absolutely not ready. Um, and at that time, I told Eric, you know, it's like, Eric, Eric, I got an offer from Sumerian Records. I got an <laughs> offer from this label. Hey, guess what, Eric? I got an offer from Rise. And he's like, dude, you're fucking bullshitting me, man. And he, like, sees, like, the email. I send him all the shit. He's like, holy shit, dude. You're not fucking joking. So he's like, I got this. I got this. So he kind of took over on that. But uh, it was just kind of funny, you know, how that all kind of happens. You know what I mean? So yeah, after that happened, did, did Eric kind of take over the band? Or what happened with that? Uh, so actually, it was uh, this guy named Devin who worked for them. Devin Timmons. Um Really nice guy. So it was Eric and Devin for a bit, um, but it was mainly Devin who took over for a lot of the stuff because Devin was representing, uh, I think he was representing like a static lullaby, um, a couple other artists that were big at that time, you know? Yeah. And so he put them on the Aesthetic lullaby tour for their first U.S. tour. And so, you know, he obviously has those connects. I do not. So uh, it made sense to have him with an experienced manager. So after I got him signed, I, I took, you know, had Devin take over. And so I'm glad I did. Cause if, if I, if I were to keep that artist, um, they wouldn't have the same career that they have now because they would have been probably in the wrong hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's cool important. that you kind of catapulted them or kind of set them up that way and gave them an opportunity. Cause I mean, that must feel good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got him set, set up with, like, the booking agent they wanted at the time, which was TKO, you know, and, and then they had their dream label, they had their dream booking, and they had their dream management and at the time. And so, um, and it was neat that I was a like, part of that, that I was able to provide that. And that's what really inspired me to want to keep managing at the time. And then, you know, sure enough, other artists kept coming up, uh, had a huge relationship with Tommy from Tragic Hero Records actually worked for him like in 2010, you know, and that was really cool, you know, to be like his main guy to like scout artists for him. That was really cool at the time, you know. And that you was should go back. Me. They need some help. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Who knew I, I'd sign him two more bands for him? I kind of thought I was done. <laughs> and honestly, it's it's hard to stay in the industry and do to keep up with all the contacts, you know what I mean? Because they're just, they're, everything's changing. The industry is changing. It's been consistently changing, you know what I mean? Like, it was so much easier to sign a band back then and to ask for a huge offer, or I mean, ask for a huge, uh, uh, for a signing bonus, you know what I mean? And because you were able to make that back in sales. And now you're lucky to get like 10,000, 15,000, if anything. You're lucky to get that. That's a huge, like, signing bonus in, in the independent world. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so it's just crazy how uh, this moment, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's industry, or it's, <clears throat> sorry, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I just thought about this, but, like, I mean, it's pretty, like, if you've ever, I, all three of us have, but we've all like been in the industry and we know how it's gone and we've seen it change or whatever. One thing that's always been like consistent, which is basically if you've been in it, then you know, is that when it comes to, you know, 
kind of getting stuff done like within the industry like shit moves like molasses like when you're trying to get signed like it takes for fucking ever like it's never like hey we want to sign you all right cool next week let's go over this like it, it never goes down like that and yeah like that but it so that that part hasn't changed but the you know the the industry itself like with everything changing that's happening happening like even quicker so like you know by the time you sign an artist and you have like this big old game plan for him or whatever like it's not really adjusting so that's one thing that i think definitely needs to change like i know it's like a big business endeavor or whatever but you know there definitely needs to be like some sort of way to like keep up with you know the the speed of the change uh, of the music industry um you know like the things going on with like especially one thing that we've talked about almost on every podcast at this point is uh spotify spotify yeah <laughs> like how how quickly that's become like a huge thing and like a huge like you know indicator like uh, orion and i were talking on one of our podcasts about how it kind of seems like uh it doesn't even matter so much anymore about facebook likes people uh, labels and stuff like that uh, whoever's interested in your band they're going to see how many listens and how many like monthly listeners you have on uh on spotify to like see how like you know current you are because you know who knows you could have gotten all those likes like over a bunch of years that's cool but what are you doing now like how much buzz do you have now um it's kind of crazy so definitely like when i was working with uh outer loop last year uh with all those meetings and all that that was like that brought up that was brought up for half of the time of our meetings, like just coming up with Spotify strategies, like what we can do to try and, you know, boost our Spotify numbers and stuff like that. So yeah, um, it's definitely a, a changing climate uh, just in general. Yeah, man. And I kind of, I kind of like that. Cause I mean, um, like, like I said before, Joe, this really eliminates people wanting to just, try and dig deep and like steal albums and all this and that you pay 10 bucks and you can jam whatever the fuck you want. If you're a broke guy and you only have enough for an album, you got to steal albums. It's not the thing anymore. You can jam whatever you want. 2018. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to look at it, whether if you're looking at it from an artist perspective or a label, you know what I mean? It's as a label, how are you going to make your money back as quickly as an artist? You're, you're more focused, of course, on the streams. And what's great about for an artist, you're able to put your content out there easier without needing some huge distribution. It's pretty easy to get distribution these days Hell yeah. without having a label. So there's a lot of artists that are able to take advantage of that, which is great. You know? Um, and... So, and then for a consumer, you, for you, you're not the one investing anything. So you have the access to whatever you want, whenever you want, without needing download viruses from the torrents. Yeah. You're just, you're just going on Spotify and it's all perfectly organized for you at the perfect quality. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's great. Cause me and Joe were talking and paying attention to, um, uh quite a few records recently who are you know the bands are posting their first week and their sales and their streams and it's it's pretty uh it's pretty awesome how these streams are you know counting as units after you know x amount of sales and 
you know, bands can still technically say that, that they're selling records, but most of it's streams. I think that's cool. Yo, Orion, did you see um, what Ice Nine Kills posted? Uh, no, no, I've been working pretty hard all day. What's up? They fucking uh, posted that they have uh, currently one million uh, monthly listeners, not just one million streams, but one million monthly listeners. And I was like, holy fuck. That's like, insane, bro. That band that is coming up, fucking... dude. Gabe, yeah, did you hear about their first week? Yeah, that's uh, that's insane, dude. That's really that. Wow, they're getting that's, up there. They are, dude. That's really neat that they're they are. I mean, but they put in shoot. They've been a band since the early scene days. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so so it's nice that they are continuously growing and gaining listeners. You know what I mean? And that goes to the persistence thing that we're talking about. They didn't stop. They kept finding ways to make it happen, and you can see the sales go up for each first week from their records previously and now they've reached a point to where i'm sure it's all paid off yeah each record is paid off for them like i mean they obviously put in the work and it shows you know what i mean the results show you and know I, what i mean I'm and you can't have can't have results if you're not putting in the work absolutely and like they, i mean I, I remember that they like they've been around like since the pure volume day, days where like uh, like my band, uh, Amisado, under the Unsigned Artist Act, we would always like face off against each other in like the top unsigned screamo artists or whatever. And I look at them now, I'm just like, hell the fuck yeah, that's so that's so dope. Like I remember seeing you on the un- like that's how I found them. I saw them on the unsigned like screamo artist page or whatever on Pure Volume. Checked them out. I love that song, greatest story ever told. And then now they have a million fucking monthly listeners that's that's fucking dope that's a lot of people that know the band if you really think about like damn that many people know this band like wow yeah i mean i didn't even think about it yet but i'm just like yeah that's actually a pretty good percentage of people that like know that band like how many bands can like say that I, i mean obviously i'm sure there's more people that know that band than who just have spotify or whatever so but still that's a big number yeah, I mean, another another perspective though too is how many of the same person is also putting the song on repeat. So it's a, it's another like way to look at it as well. Not saying that they didn't deserve those numbers, but it's still another aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah the, uh, you can jam all they want, but I do think it's great that they also include the monthly listeners because it's all different accounts and all that. So it's just really cool for it's really cool to see how many different you know, people are really on this band. It's a great way to gauge, you know, who has the demand, who's popping, and who's at home leaving their computer on all day trying to get these numbers up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sick either way. They, they've they obviously, like we said, they put in the work. It's, and you don't see a lot of bands uh, that have been around that long and still stick around and doing stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Most yeah, of the respect. bands are already quitting, dude, quit years ago or... If I'm sure any any other band probably Nice Nine Kills like uh, shoes, they probably would have quit probably after the third record maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's like, yeah. And it's like of, yeah, we had enough of this tour life, or we had enough of this, and and then just throwing the towel. You know? Can yeah, you imagine kind of what it would be like if this method was a thing back in you know even MySpace days? You know, like 
all these different underground bands having, you know, some of, some of these bands had like a million plus plays on some of their songs on the MySpace player. And, you know, they weren't even huge bands sometimes and weren't getting opportunities. Imagine if it counted for something, how many more bands would get recognition and, you know, be able to do something with those numbers. So it's cool it's happening now, but it's just a thought. No, absolutely. That is true. That's a really good thought right there. It is pretty crazy. Excuse me. Pretty crazy. I mean, I remember, I remember like back in the MySpace days, what I miss is like being able to find artists in the genre I was listening to, you know, and be able to discover bands so quickly. Um, I think luckily now Spotify is at that point where I've heard of a lot of artists now that I've never thought that I'd hear through playlists, you know what I mean? Which is so cool that you can do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I don't know. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Well, um, I was going to say, you know, Ryan, you're going to find this funny. Gabe, you, you set up all my segues so easily for me because uh, I will cut into uh, my other point with that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the my, like the MySpace days and like checking out uh, different bands and stuff, but uh, while you were managing bands and stuff like that and seeking out other artists, like, like, how did you go about, you know, actually seeking out uh, bands that you're interested in? Or like, did they come to you after uh, the Asking Alexandria thing? Or like, how, like, how, how do you like actually like go about finding new bands? Reach out to uh, Orion, Orion and I and like, you know, just in general, just chatting or whatever. Um, but like, we're all we're all completely on the other side of the country from you but you still like heard, heard of our bands and heard of our music. And I was just like, that's, that's so crazy. Like, you know, it's really cool that, you know, you know, we have, we have people like hitting us up and I've, I've always wondered like, how do these people find out about us? Like, yeah, I know we put in like the work and all of that, but you know, our main like places that we have been promoting have been like on the East, East coast or whatever. Cause pri- primarily that's where we're playing shows. So like, what 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 was your method of like trying to find you know talent or or stuff of that nature? Um, at that time, I was like self-employed, so I had a lot of time to really look into all of you guys, into artists that were like you know, because I, I remember I looked up you when you're uh, Comisado, you know, and and then uh, you know I like both of you guys. I like I remember being on MySpace and just. I think I would type the genre or click on the genre and kind of go on the lower on the list, you know what I mean? And bands yeah. that were like up and coming, but they were like on, I don't remember, there was, you know, something kind of like the Heat Seekers list kind of thing, you know? I don't oh, know yeah, what yeah. it's called. And uh, I think I probably added the band or something and eventually added you guys, knowing that you guys were on the top, top friends or something like that. Like, Oh, that must be the vocalist. Oh, that must be that. Or you, I, I don't remember if any of you guys mm. even, like even reached out to me at first. Honestly, I don't remember. But for me personally, how I did things for the most part was, um, it was a lot of people sending me stuff. And today, even till right now, I still have people sending me unreleased music all the time. Um, it's actually pretty fascinating, but it's know and that's what amazes me and that really that's where where i've gotten most of my intel people always telling me check out this band it's actually how i discovered uh 
such a stun was through when I was managing Lions, Tigers, Bears. Uh, they were sending Tragicura records. And then such a stun was a band that knew them that were still from their hometown. Really good. And they were really Set good friends. And, yeah. And so that's how I know those guys and how I managed them back then. And it was because of who you know and people like, oh, you should check this band out. And I always had a lot of people doing that. Or people just messaging me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I heard it's cool. Of, I, yeah. I mean, I'm nowhere near a big deal anymore. I've lost, you know what I mean? I don't really have a reputation at this point in my career because I'm not managing anymore, you know? But I tried, you know what I mean? But I was able to sign two bands while trying to get in the career. And I realized it just still wasn't for me. Like, there was something missing. You know what I mean? There's a missing puzzle piece. And I was like, I think I've spent my time here long enough. Maybe I should venture to something different at this point. And I was okay with it. You know what I mean? It was something I accepted versus, like, I failed. This sucks. You know what I mean? Well, you have yeah, a lot yeah. of cool accomplishments, my man. Even the first thing that you, uh, that you mentioned, I would love to talk more you know, about it, like after the asking thing and, you know, that was early on, like, what are some more things that you were diving into and some bands you were working with? Like, how long, how long were you, were you managing bands for? Quite a bit. Um, I was managing Fit for a King with an original lineup back then. That's Uh, sick. That's awesome. Castle Grayskull. They were a big band back then. They were on standby though, um, but they put out a sick record. Uh, Okay. I was like, I like on- diamonds. What was that? I said I like how you said, uh, but they were on standby though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even back then I was not a fan. I tried to try to find a way to get them off that record. I mean, off that record label. <laughs> that label is yeah, always yeah. on standby. <laughs> <laughs> all puns intended. I mean, standby. If you do peep this, it's all love. It's all jokes, man. But y'all still on standby. <laughs> dude that's too funny and uh yeah then after that was eyes like diamonds uh, they were like the third band i picked up and how we spoke about how long it takes to put out a record um you know is one of those things where we sat on the record for like a year you know what i mean before releasing um it kind of yeah. it ties back into what for like uh for northern ghost you know what i mean Oh we yeah, on, I fucking. We fucking sat on that record. We sat on that record and we busted our asses off. You know, we I was with them through the everything into you know for releasing everything too. You know, um, and that was a long journey. You know what I mean? I saw like from their very first demo to going to the studio to going doing a live video because I was like this. This is like my strategy. I was like, if you guys do a live session recording kind of like bbc style i'm gonna be able to get you more offers who knew that would actually happen and get like a bigger like signing bonus from it so it, it really helped in my negotiation honestly which is are awesome. you the guy who got uh northern ghost signed to tragic yeah good move bro thank you <laughs> yeah, yeah they're good i i i do enjoy that band yeah, I've I've had I don't know it's crazy because I've signed a lot of bands, but it's like, um, but there's so many too that never really 
even though they sound incredible, there's a lot of bands that didn't fully get their justice. You know what I mean? They just, they didn't get exposed as much. You know what I mean? For a number of reasons too. It's like a battle out okay. here, man. You know, it's super competitive once you're like, once you get your foot into, you know, actually having a team and getting signed or, or whatever it is, it's about to get that attention and get what you want. You're right about that. I mean, in all forms, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter if you're like a manager or an artist or a label, like you're all trying to strive for the, for the same thing. You know what I mean? And so I'm happy with the amount of bands that I've signed and how many big artists that I've represented. Um, you know what I mean? I couldn't be happier, honestly. And, and like, I got to manage like holding on to hope when they were big at the time. They were like a big Christian band and they were, it was pretty sick to manage them too. And it's just crazy to like all these artists that I had under the roster, you know what I mean? You're like, damn, I did some good shit. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> now, um, I know you're doing your uh, trying to live thing now, but like, do you have, like, do you have any like, f- like future aspirations down the line to like get back into it or is, has that ship sailed for you at this point? Uh, that's actually perfect because I was going to say that we're, I was going to get into this later and this is around the time. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually working on a record label right now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I have a good, uh, you know, I have luckily a, someone who's backing me up for investing wise. And so I will have luckily a decent amount of money to invest into the label um i'm not i won't speak of the name yet i still gotta do some copywriting and all that stuff or i could i'll tell you guys later off the record <laughs> but um can but you, yeah like can you tell us the like the vision like what type of uh bands are you trying to have on here is there anything yeah you know, a little extra you can say oh absolutely so um originally too i just it's one of those things i've always wanted a record label ever since 2010 dude i've i've been wanting one for a long time but there's never been the full uh, opportunity to have one or even knowing what to do at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I have a huge grasp on what to do. So uh, my intention originally when I wanted to start the label, I wanted to kind of wanted it to be easier to be. So I would sign solo artists at the time. Um, right now it's still kind of up in the air. It's I'm definitely not going to stick to one genre and for me particularly, like, I get if you stick to one style, you're going to get a quicker fan base because you're putting out consistent styles, you know. But for me, I don't want to do that, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I'll have, like, an indie rock band. I'll have a metal band. I'll have, a, you know, a punk band or an acoustic band, you know. So to me, there's no limits in sound. It's just what I think sounds good, honestly. That's cool. There's not many labels like that. So I, I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's taking advantage def- of like how many great artists there is out there and trying to get all the talent that I can. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool because it's, it's not just, you know, again, uh, and this kind of like alludes a little bit to uh, what Orion was just talking about with the competition factor or whatever, where like, you know, if you get signed to like X label, you know that mostly they're like have like death metal bands or 
mostly they're metalcore bands. So now you're on the label, that's really cool. And you know, you can say you're part of that team or whatever, but you're still like competing for the attention of that label of everybody in that genre, where if you have something that's a little bit more open, like what you're talking about, uh, you know, if you're signing quality bands or whatever, that's the part that they can kind of take pride in. They, they can be like, hey, yeah, I'm on this label. And like, you know, hey, they're focusing, you know, a lot of attention on me because, you know, this is one of their like metal acts or like this is one of their uh, like uh, acoustic solo acts or whatever. So it's it's not so many, so many uh, bands in one bucket or whatever. You have a lot of different avenues you can explore and you know really focus attention to so that's that's actually really really uh good idea yeah i fuck with the vision man get it yeah so i mean i'm i'm really excited about it dude i mean the way i look at it you know what i mean is i'm always thinking of the bigger picture dude you got like you have the majors and they have every genre right why can't an indie you know what i mean and for me, it's not so much of that. It's just like I'm doing it because I want to, not because they're doing it, but just because, like, I don't want to just put one style. Then you're just limited, you know what I mean? And then you're only focused on finding that one style and or similar to that, you know what I mean? And to me, that just – I would get bored, you know what I mean? So really cool that I just, like – I. I already have artists in mind. Um, people, I guess that's partly why people are also sending me records still, <laughs> sending me unruly stuff, but they've been doing that before they even knew about this idea. I think that's what's cool is I still kept in contact with a lot of artists. So they're like, dude, check out my new record, check out my new single, check out my new music video that I'll be releasing in a month. Or, and I'm just like, damn, that's so cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, and again, that... That plays into one of one of my earlier points is like, you know, those contacts are super important or whatever. Like, you know, and you know, the, to me right now, this podcast is just you know catching up uh, with with you guys because you know it's always fun chatting. But you know, I haven't I haven't talked to you in you know, I guess we talked like last year, two years ago, or whatever. But you know, it's always we've always just like kind of kept in touch, like just casually or whatever, and that's that's really cool and like neither of us really had any like in, intentions or anything we we're just like yeah let, let's just talk and then when i was uh you know brainstorming some guests to have on here i was just like you know what i, I feel like we'd have a lot of fun talking to gabe because he i from the the few times i've talked to him i could tell he is very knowledgeable you know about everything and he's a he's a chill ass dude and i think it'd be really fun so I was just like, all right, let's do this. I and said the same thing, uh, you know, talking to you up, Gabe. Like, I was like, yeah, last time yeah. I talked to Gabe about Pathways, we were fucking goofing off like half the time. Yeah, seriously. And that's what's dope. And I, you know what's funny, though? Uh, I actually take that into my business, too. Not a lot of people do. A lot of people take business so seriously. And there's a right time for business, and there's a right time to, to have fun. And some people were just too focused on one thing, you know, and you don't get to really enjoy or you don't really get to know your artists that you're representing or whatever kind of business relationship it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and that's what I didn't like. It's like if I were to only be straight up business with you, uh, with you and I manage you, like we wouldn't be having those like dope conversations, you know what I mean? 
it would just be like, all right, so what's going on right now? Blah, blah, blah. You have an interview with this. Okay, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. That gets it, it just, of... just boring. Oh, right. yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just going to say of... it gets boring and you might ignore the call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It kind of like uh... – like if you're if you're not getting spending the time to like get get to know each other like the band and management relationship or whatever, uh, like it kind of seems like it kind of gets to be that sort of like boss mentality where like oh shit I'm my my boss I mean my manager is calling me uh, all right I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call him back like in a couple hours or tomorrow or whatever like it's it's not whatever but if you like had a a genuine relationship or whatever you know you could you just pick up the phone and it's just a casual thing. It definitely helps everybody see more eye to eye and fucking, you know, understand where everybody's coming from. That's, that's one huge disassociation that I've seen, uh, like over the years, like just with most, a lot of bands that, uh, you know, do get managers and stuff like that. It always seems like they're like the boss or whatever. And I'm like, like, and I, I know Orion and I have talked about this before. Uh, let me tell you, let me see how you feel about it. For me, my perspective is uh, the manager is like basically just the, like the other member of the band. Like we have five people in the band. He's the sixth member. And instead of playing an instrument, he is, uh, he or she is, uh, you know, the, the business thing is, is their instrument or like their contacts and, what they do on that end that's their contacts like that's their strength like i'm gonna sing you play guitar you help us find uh like different opportunities like would you would you agree with that yeah absolutely because i've always looked at stuff like that to begin with so i can absolutely agree um i always looked at it it's a team and that's why i have contacts that i've kept with my artists like past artists you know is why they're still down to talk to me you know what i mean because I didn't treat him like shit. I didn't say like, you know what I mean? I didn't say like, dude, I'm your boss. Like, you got to listen to me. We kept it chill. We kept, we were still taking care of business, but it was on a team effort, you know, versus all on one play. You know what I mean? This is my biggest gripe in this scene you guys are talking about right now. Let me lay it down. God lay damn. Down. Son. God damn. Yo. <laughs> like I've had several different managers, and my favorite ones were people who were down to tall, kind of like you, and get to know the artists. But there've been a couple guys who are managers who had that boss vibe, and you know, kept it short and just all about business, and like wasn't really trying to get to know the band, and kind of like acting like they run the show. But last time I checked, the managers are getting paid off of how good their bands are doing. So who's the boss here? There shouldn't even be a boss, but you know what I'm saying? Everyone should, everyone's equal. It is a team. If someone's thinking they're a boss and above somebody, that's why there's so many problems out here nowadays, man. Yeah, man. Honestly, it's going to be one of those things too, where it's going to even be hard to be under, uh, you know, with a label, being a label, because there is going to be managers I am going to have to deal with and they're going to have their set of thinking um in the right in the sense of if if i'm managing you i don't get paid until i make you money so you are you know obviously correct on that and so if the manager only wants to make money then their vision is just like business 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 how could i get a more tours how can get, how can i 
get him this and this and that. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely... it, it just bugs the hell out of me. I mean, uh, <laughs> my worst experience. I won't drop any names, but that's kind of how it was. Like you felt like a a pest if you try to contact the manager and try to brainstorm some ideas you got and try to go over some stuff and it's just like short answers or I'm busy I'll call you tomorrow doesn't call and it's like I thought we were a team like and then when we do talk you tell them the idea and they're just like you know boss mode about it like kind of talking down like I don't know about that or maybe but nothing ever comes from it for some of these managers it's like yo why did I hire you in the first place yeah exactly no, I, I'm with you on that, man. And that sucks that, like, when you start avoiding the other person in the business call, right? And kind of was yeah. like, we're kind of going with where I get to know my artists in particular when I was managing because we're not dodging each other. We want to talk to each other. So if I see them calling or if I am calling them, they're not like, oh shit, Gabe's calling. It's like, oh, dope, Gabe's calling. We could chat it up a little bit, and then we could talk business. You know what I mean? But we always yeah. carry business at one point or another within the conversation. You know what I mean? Which is how results happen. And that's uh, that's always, like, the best. I mean, that's that's literally the best feeling, because I, I know I've, I've definitely had that before, where, like, you know, even if I'm at work or whatever, like, I'd, like, dip out, like, to some corner or whatever just to chat for a little bit. Uh, cause I know it's like important band, band stuff too, but you know, it's not like, uh, oh shit, what we do now? Or like, oh God, what, what am I going to have to explain to the rest of my band guys or whatever? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That was funny at the party the other day. Like uh, one of our old managers used to come out and like party with us too. And I was like, that's, that's fucking dope. Like, hell yeah. Like come out and party with us. I mean, he still would like have his like serious, like manager vibe or whatever, but I still appreciated the effort of you know, him coming out to, to party and all that, but I mean, <laughs> but that's just what I'm saying, like, <laughs> get fucked know, up, just, nigga. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's, it's cool, like, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I, like, I understand that, like, from a manager perspective or whatever, uh, like, just, it's in the name or whatever, manager, like, kind of makes it seem like, yeah, I'm managing this band or whatever, but when it comes to managing bands, at least in my opinion, it's kind of like, like you said, Gabe, it's a team effort. It, it, like everybody's managing each other, but like, you know, that's, you know, that's just kind of their forte. That's what they're doing. They're managing things. They're not necessarily managing uh, like, well, they're managing the band, but I'll, I'll, I'll just say managing things. That's the best way I could put it. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, yeah, and, and I think one thing that's important is when when you know the artist well enough, you realize when it's okay that you can check each other, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. not be offended by it, because that is also important where someone might be slacking in the game, dude, and that the person that feels like they need to tell uh, the person who's slacking, they, they shouldn't feel like, oh, no. I, I feel really weird about saying this. I think everybody should feel comfortable. Like, you know, hey, man, like, I need to talk. Like, we we, we were doing really well in the beginning. We're doing well, and uh, we'd love to see this keep going. So let's get this thing, you know, back on the right track or whatever. You know what I mean? And I think that... Yeah. 
bands no, yeah, should be able to tell managers, and managers should tell bands, you know, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That's funny. I, there's so many bands who are afraid to, you know, have a real talk with their manager, just like what you said, and kind of tell them, like, you know, what you just said. Like, you know, we kind of expected this. Things have been slowing down. Like, that's, like, the thing bands are the most afraid to say because of that boss vibe, because that's how a lot of these managers nowadays kind of set it up. They come out yeah. and you up and they have that vibe, like, you know, kind of like don't cross me type of deal. It's like, but if you're, but if you're slacking at your job, like any job and you're making money off us, I think we have the right to tell you, you know, how we feel about it. So I think, uh, these managers need to get their heads out their asses. Well, yeah. Ryan. Especially, especially when, when you are like, uh, what was going to say, Oh God, I lost my train of thought. Um, shit. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> what were you saying, Joe? What I was going to say, uh, I think the reason behind that is, uh, well, eventually it, it will be our age-old discussion, but I know it's the one thing that we disagree on. Uh, one major thing is, uh, you know, I know we always talk about uh, whether you're a signed artist or an unsigned artist. Um, it kind of like it kind of goes goes i feel like that fear of the bands like confronting their manager comes from all right well we have a manager though and that's a bigger step up than most of these other bands that don't so i don't want to piss off the manager and then he drops us and then we're back on you know back with the rest of these bands or whatever i think that's where a lot of that fear comes from absolutely um, but you know i think I was- the manager will respect the band more if they kind of do bring to the manager's attention that uh they expect some things or like they kind of have some needs that they need to have met or something's been slowing down like a lot of bands are just even scared to kind of say that but i think the managers expect those things but everyone's kind of like not about it all across the board to where it's like the manager automatically feels like i run this shit like everyone's scared of me like i, I mean probably not all that but I mean, yeah, not all that. You kind of <laughs> get what I'm saying there, right? Yeah, no, I like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's, I, uh, the first part, yeah, for sure, but uh, that that last tail end, I took no, it I back. Like, I don't quite agree. All that, but, but kind of like feeling like, you know, Mary's kind of feeling like, you know, probably just knowing well, that they're not saying this, but they're not saying anything. It's like, well, if this band doesn't care enough to you know, talk about their, their band and their direction as often as I thought they would, then, like, maybe I won't care as much. And a lot of bands shelve bands, a lot of managers shelve bands, because at that point, the communication has been lost, and communication is key with everything. Yeah, well, one thing I, I definitely will uh, say, though, is uh, when you're uh, talking about that, you know, initial, uh, like, your initial point of like when you're uh, speaking with a manager and you know you have that uh, relationship or whatever, your your band was already uh, on on like a good working term. Like there's a reason why that manager was interested in you because you guys were really self sufficient yourself and you guys were uh, you know taking taking care of everything like all on your own. So yes. like that that something that you guys earned or whatever and you you guys had to have those difficult conversations with each other like saying hey dude uh why aren't you practicing hey uh you said you'd be practicing more or hey why aren't you showing up 
to the show or like all that sort of stuff. You had to have those difficult conversations internally, but you're not really having that same conversation with this new person in your, in your team or whatever. And then, um, but because I think there's still that separation and I think they're scared to do that. And for me, uh, for all, all the listeners, like in a band, I would say to Orion's point, I think that a manager would uh, respect that a lot more. Like, don't be afraid of that because otherwise, like from a manager's perspective, you may not, it may not seem like the band cares anymore. It may not seem like they're as invested as they were because they're just letting you do everything. But meanwhile, everybody is, was supposed to be working together, but now you're just like, all right, manager, what can you get us? What, what can you do for us? Blah, blah, blah. All right, well, hold up. You guys were doing really well and I wanted to work with you, not like just for you. Exactly. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that for sure. Yeah, that's, it's definitely crazy how all that happens, though. You know what I mean? I mean, have you it, dealt with that, what, Gabe? Can you can you talk about it? Uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, I've represented quite a bit of artists in my time, and when I was more, uh, when I actually had a pretty big name, uh, there was definitely a lot of artists coming to me. Um, but even, you know, what I've noticed though, even though I had the contacts, and even though I represented quite a bit of artists, um, sometimes it just wouldn't work in the sense of, you know, work not getting done. I can even say for myself, like, I'm not perfect. So not that you would have never, not that you would ever want to ignore an artist, which I never did. But sometimes there's just the chemistry doesn't work. So you kind of just, you're not on the same page, you know? And things are just not getting done. Um, so, like, I for sure can say I've partied ways with artists, but on mutual terms, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And there was no bad beef. There wasn't like, wow, what an asshole, or then thinking that of me, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I've been in that position, you know what I mean? And where I just either had to let an artist go or an artist had to let me go. And, um, but I, you know, I still thought it was important that any person should express how they feel about it. You know what I mean? Because it's like being in a relationship. Why be in a relationship if you're not happy? It's the same concept. You're dealing with these people on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So it's like you are literally in the relationship with the band in that sense. You know what I mean? Hey, you, you put, it really, well. yeah, you put sure. it really well. Yeah. They're like, why would you be um, in that, well, you know? Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, one thing um, that, like, is, I mean, just to, like, highlight a little bit of what you said for sure was, um, like, just the relationship example was, like, perfect, too. But same thing with, like, like really any business. You, you have to, like, treat it like a relationship but um the the one driving factor behind that is communication like communication is like the most important thing in like any like any aspect like just in life even fucking just living your life like having friends or whatever like communication how like how else are you supposed to like keep up with like your buddy uh if you don't ever talk to them or like if you don't like if you're not honest about something or like you're like 
yo dude that was kind of fucked up that uh that you did that the other day otherwise that's just going to fester at you and just create this void or like this you know uh you know wall between between you or whatever that's the same thing like if you don't bring up the issues uh or like even communicate like i'm not even talking about negative either i'm talking about like yo thank you so much for like booking this tour or like thank you so much for like what you said uh on this review or something like that like just commu communication in general uh like praise or you know something that is uh needs to be improved upon that's so fucking huge and important with maintaining any sort of relationship like band manager or otherwise like that's that's huge so communication is, is a that's huge probably why key. bands break up so much i mean there's so many problems with bands internally and i think there's a that touch of communication is lost where kind of like the manager deal like after so long of the same bullshit you might not want to say certain things to somebody because they take it the wrong way or whatever it is and a lot of things are left unsaid and when they are said it becomes a huge deal and motherfuckers feelings get hurt i mean i was dealing with that in my last band the communication was shot and you know it wasn't the same how it was before i can't talk about things like that as open as i could before and i don't know how that even happens sometimes or when it does you definitely need to try your best to try and fix it up or, you know, have a plan B in line. Definitely. No, I agree. Definitely got to know what, oh man. I like, yeah, you're right about all that. And I think that's the one thing that I was able to do was, you know, always to communicate to begin with, with all my artists. Uh, I kept, you know, kept in touch with them on a daily or sometimes, I mean, we were busy, so it wasn't always a daily, but it was pretty frequent. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even even uh, me and you, Joe, we're doing this podcast. This is a great example. If we just met up on the phone every week to do a podcast, you know, it might get weird later on. Me and Joe talk almost every other day and talk about ideas for the podcast, and, like, we're working as a team, and our minds are so in it that we have all these things coming up for you listeners, and that's how things grow. And, you know, that's a cool example. We're doing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I think yeah. that's awesome, man. I think, And it's really cool that you guys have created this podcast with, uh, you know, just putting people on the show that uh, might have some good insight for somebody looking into some kind of business or music industry stuff. You know what I mean? It's really neat that you guys are doing that. Like, we were talking about this stuff on the phone all the damn time. And I know Joe had this idea forever ago. And he was like, bro, we're having like in-depth conversations. You know, will you be my partner and let's make it happen? And of course, I was game. And here we are. Mastermind Joe setting it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I like... You know, it's something I've been working on for a while. Like I have just pages and pages of notes and like ideas, like original ideas and scrapped ideas. Like, you know, I when, whenever I like work on stuff and if anything, like, you know, doing stuff with the band, uh, I one of the biggest things that I've learned is I'm not trying to. And again, for for you listeners, I'm, I'm talking about it uh, through the podcast right now or whatever, but. I mean this for everything. I do this with the band stuff that, that I do too. I've learned that 
don't just don't just put out your idea right away like as soon as you come up with the idea don't just come out like come out with it like the next month or next week like put some time thought and investment sit on some ideas think on some stuff and uh you know you really have to like work on it and then you know finally uh you know orion and i like started talking uh more often and shit like that i mean we've always been homies since you know the myspace days ever since that day at uh auto bar and uh yeah we've been we've been playing shows together countless numbers of shows toured together and uh yeah i was like you know what we're talking all the time about music stuff and like we're talking about like some shit i feel like people would want to hear and i was like all right let's fucking do it and uh you know tried some things didn't work and then tried some things did work and uh now we're doing the damn thing and like one of the biggest things i definitely uh love about this podcast is getting different guests on it like we're not just like hitting up you know bands that we know like i want to hit up like a bunch of different people throughout the industry that like in various different like fields in the industry so like our very first podcast we had aaron berkshire who's a photographer um we had a one of our old friends mario treviso who uh was like a booker promoter um like i, I just want to get a whole bunch of different like perspectives um from from as many different people as we can and honestly i'm not opposed to having you know repeat guests and gabe honestly this conversation has been informative as fuck so i hope thank you for being the, on man yeah, like I hope this is not the last time we have a uh, have a podcast together. This is this has been dope. Yeah, I would definitely love to be a part of it again at some point. And I think the biggest part we can take away from all this too, how you guys were talking about Joe having an idea that your listeners should know is the only way to see results if you take action on the idea. You don't know what's oh. going to happen unless you take action. Yeah, don't shut everything down. Be open, you know, because there's back when I was younger, even with band stuff, like I had my eyes set on whatever I wanted. I would shut down ideas, but now I'm more open and to more, uh, you know, ways other people would do it. And I'm super down with everything now. And so many things are popping up that I never even thought about. And I'm so glad that I got out of that phase I was in when I was younger. And, um, you know, I'm happy with everything, man. And plus, I'm learning a lot more things, even from you, Gabe. Thanks for being on and talking about your clothing line management. It's been real fun. Yeah, it's been badass. I wish I had more. Uh, I guess I wish I was prepared a little bit more to, you know, because there's still a lot within management. You know what I mean? But it's one of those. We don't things. have. We don't have to stop, Gabe. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was I wasn't trying to wrap this up. It kind of sounds no, no, like no. we were, but no, no, no. Hey, was, guess what? Was, Segway. Oh god. <laughs> we're, we're yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't trying up. to wrap Listen, it you up. You thought we were gonna stop, but guess no, what? I didn't we're say not that. Done. No, no, I didn't say that. I was just like, I'm like, I'm just not like fully prepared to, to like. Man, I wasn't prepared that. either, but fuck it. <laughs> Yo, we okay. Here, here's here's all I do to prepare. I send you an email with a couple questions that I'm pretty sure I didn't even ask yet. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Orion and I talk for a second. So what are the questions that you have for this man? I think I like, I think we vaguely went over, over a couple of them. Yeah. uh, We covered majority of it. And I think that's like, there's, 
I think we did cover quite a bit when it comes to management in the sense of uh, I have questions of my own game. Oh well, who says this? Who says I'm gonna answer them? (laughs) No shit. You have all the answers for me. We're gonna make this happen. We're not done. I mean, this is more just like on your thoughts and everything. I really wanted to dive into this from what we were talking about. Like um, you being on the outside now and doing the clothing line and used to manage, and I'm sure you're keeping up with, you know, the scene and what's been going on. What do you see nowadays that, um, you know, whether it's managers or labels or whatever it is that you think you could change to make better? What's the most common mistakes out there that you're seeing? Um, I mean, right now, I'm not seeing anything in the sense of, like, mistakes off the top of my head. But what I do see people doing right now is releasing three singles at a time. You know what I mean? Have you guys noticed Like, that? at a time? Sometimes? Yeah. I've noticed a lot of people doing that these days. Like I've never I've, seen that. Whoa. Yeah. They're legit releasing it as if it's, like, a three-song EP. Uh, and they're releasing oh three God. songs at a time. <laughs> Yeah, and before the actual release of the album. So I've seen that probably with 10 artists already. <laughs> I don't like, think that's a good idea. I mean, that's just me. I but... agree. I agree that it's not a good idea. But uh, but I've seen it. It's one of those things where I'm trying to see where where they're getting it. You know, what, well, what, what they expect out of it. You know what I mean? Because it's like... Yeah, I don't, don't agree with that. I think it's one of those things where usually you release a single to keep, you know, people there. You release another single a few weeks later to keep your fans there, etc. right? And then I don't know what they expect to achieve yet with uh, releasing three at a time. Maybe they think, like, they keep them happy for a while. And then I, just, I don't know yet, but I have seen it done multiple times. And I haven't seen any band fail from it yet. That's cool. Um, but keep in mind, they're bigger artists, like bands like Beartooth. Beartooth was one of the artists that did it. Um, there was another artist. I can't remember who it was. You know what I mean? I was really shocked about it. I mean, it, I know? can kind of get why bands like that, you know, would would do it. I mean, are these bands just doing that and dropping the CD or dropping a couple singles after that, too? They're just releasing the three. So, like, what they're doing is they're releasing a single, um, and then they, you know, that's already doing its thing. But eventually, they kind of, uh, if they release a third single or whatever it is, or fourth single, they just kind of group it all into one EP kind of thing, and then they will release the actual full length, maybe two to three weeks later after that. So that's interesting. I mean. I was thinking, uh, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I, I feel it, though. It's not the same thing, but I know me and Joe talked about, you know, Fit for a King dropping half of their album before it came out. And, um, you know, it's all about the streams, trying to catch as many, you know, streams as you can because they're counting as sales. So I totally get that part of it. Like, like grouping it all and dropping, you know, three singles out at once i've never seen that that's wild yeah i mean i keep up on as you said the scene like i keep up with a lot of like music releases overall so i'm always scoping out what you know like tomorrow 
I'm ready for tomorrow's uh, record releases, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. I'm always scoping it out, and then when I see an artist that I like, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> What's this three-song bullshit, you know? Uh, the first time I saw it, I was kind of pissed off, honestly, because I was like, wait, this is it? <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, it was the legit full length, but I was actually pissed off because I was like looking forward to like a full length at the time, and I thought, this is all I'm getting, you know what I mean? That's the thing I love about albums is like they always, I mean, traditionally they always build the anticipation. They drop a single, you know, a single later, yada, yada, that type of build. But doing it like that, like I can see fans like, okay, I've heard three and then they're waiting. Like, where, like, I don't know. Like, that's that's, that's weird to me. Well, what do you think, man? In my perspective, I feel like, um, especially with the reliance on streams uh so far or like you know that it's trending to right now it kind of like it almost doesn't even really matter anymore when a when a band releases an album like uh because you can start making money before your album even releases so these bands uh that are dropping three to five tracks or like you know three tracks or half their album they could already start with their album sales and it like you're not really relying so much on your first week album sales uh anymore like to me uh that kind of helps because you know you you released all this stuff ahead of time and now you can say all those streams count towards your first week's album sales because you have all these previous streams from the songs you released before the album was quote unquote released so now you can say hey yeah yeah, even though these songs were out, we're still going to count them towards our uh, Spotify numbers or whatever. So this this is just kind of me like shooting off the top of my head. I might be wrong, but just in general, I mean, you're still getting buzz off of that or whatever. So you're starting to generate monthly listeners already. So that's helping too. Um, yeah, I think that's I think it's interesting, and I think that uh, you know the whole album release thing is not as like exciting as it used to be because like you guys were just talking about you're dropping like three or four you know songs before your album even officially releases and it's just like all right cool i mean like as a like as a fan as a like as a somebody who is stoked to hear all this music i'm like fuck yeah all right cool i get to listen to these songs or whatever and i can jam the fuck out of them get really hyped about them and then i can you know really now i'm like really hooked on this band so now i'm super stoked to listen to the rest of the six or eight songs that you have on your record so i feel that but like dropping at the same time i don't know about that one i'm down with everything else but that shit still throws me off because like the bands that you know gabe you said are dropping three songs at the same damn time like where's the build because i mean the build is still key, you know, spreading time or time and, and awareness, trying to spread like, oh, new singles out, hyping up this one song, having the fans play it out, they're hyped for the next one, and then it keeps spreading. People know the album's coming out, but dropping three at once, like, wouldn't that not be as effective? Yeah, the way I look at it is like, you know, even for my label, what I am going to do personally is I'm still going old school in the sense of, releasing a single at a time but for me personally is because i know that people don't have the attention span to you know to keep up with an artist so for me personally if i were to release an artist that released three songs out of a full length 
they're going to be remembered for those three songs and be forgotten about and don't give a shit about the updates. And the biggest thing about our mind, our brain, the way it works is like through repetition. You know what I mean? So like yeah. there, nothing is going to be stuck in our head if we only hear it once. It's going to be stuck in our head once you hear single and single, a single, the artist keeps popping up, popping up. You know what I mean? And then yeah. that's what's going to get the attention of the people, you know, of your fans. That's going to gain that, you know. The excitement. That's, yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand it either. <laughs> I want to understand it, though. So then I can make, you know, at least see where they're getting at with it, you know. If from it works, their it works, though. But, I mean, you know, there, there's other tactics that are working in the same vein that I think are a little, a little cooler. I think I think you just have to be a bigger artist in that sense. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the only. I mean, honestly, that those are the people dropping those single or those like three song things. Um, but it's like still, it's even for an artist that is big. I still wouldn't want to do that. You know what I mean? It's I th- like why? I think one band that uh, has been doing it well with the like still with that old old school method or whatever. And it's all about, well, I'll explain it first. I hope uh, you see the band I'm thinking about, Joe. Go ahead. Bring me the horizon. Yeah, uh, I was thinking the same damn thing. They're so kind like, of old school. So they like, yeah, they fucking, you know, they released Mantra. They, and like, they did, they did it pretty well where like, you know, they released like their uh, like little symbol or whatever, or, like their little like weird cult looking website or whatever. Um and like kind of build some hype. They've done that with like their past albums too, like Separate Eternal and uh, yeah, yeah. that spirit. But um, so it kind of got you interested and then you were like, all right, cool. This is just a post or whatever. Um, and then ju- like, this, this is the part, this is the point I'm trying to make with, uh, with this, with this uh, idea. Like we're about to forget about that. You're just like, all right, cool. So they're dropping this or like they have like this website or whatever. So it'll probably be a while. Uh, till they release the song but like just when you forgot about that website boom mantra comes out it's like oh sweet all right cool here's mantra dope and then you know mantra's been, been around for a while all right cool and then just when you forget about mantra like after you've like you know played it out a bunch of times or whatever um then they come out with this new one i forgot what it was called but uh wonderful life wonderful life oh it's so good though um and uh it, like just when you were about to forget about it that one comes out. So I wonder what their next move is. Like, I wonder if they're going to other single, like continue on with the Spotify trend or if they'll do the old school method of, you know, typically after like two, two singles, you'll release the album with one more like music video. That's kind of the trend or whatever. I think the- they're going to keep it going because their album is set to drop. and It's still two months in like January. I think they, I think they're going to drop at least, another song or two because i mean if they stop now it's people are gonna forget two months away yeah i mean well if they're smart they'll drop some more songs because i mean that's what's working now like the bands we were talking about dropping these singles you know getting their streams up i think they're going to be doing that yeah i mean i don't i don't and actually, like before, like one of my like one of the podcasts, huh? No, my roommate just asked what I was doing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, podcast, <you're> nigga. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> That's all fun. I just, like, cracked open another beer, and I'm, like, like listening on the Bring Me the Horizon thing, and I was, like, ready to chime in. And then my roommate's like, oh, what are you guys doing? Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> well, how do you feel about that, Gabe? Lay it down. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they are, you know, in my opinion, they're doing it right. They're a big enough band where they're not going to be forgotten about anyways. You know what I mean? And and so even if for them, it doesn't matter about the time span. It could be three weeks. It can be a month. In my opinion, they're not going to be forgotten. Like Slipknot with their new single that came out yesterday. Uh, You think people are going to forget about Slipknot releasing a single? And then again, they're a whole other level of like, you know, actually being legends. Yeah, Um, yeah, they are. But in the same concept that like if they release a song a month later, people are still going to be anticipating that because they're that big of an artist and people don't care on the time span. Like they're just ready. They pretty much marked their calendars knowing that a record's going to be releasing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's funny yeah. how you said the, as you noticed, some, some bigger artists doing the, the three singles at a time. Cause I feel like the way Bring Me The Rise is doing it, which is, you know, standard way with, with Spotify is, is, uh, the, the best way, in my opinion, I feel like the, a bunch of singles at a time would work better for smaller acts who don't have that following and want to kind of stir the pot because if, you know, small acts doing the standard way nowadays, there's so many bands doing that, they will be forgotten. Like kind of giving people more than just one track at a time might be cool. I still think it's weird big artists are doing that. I, I, I'm not going to get over this. I'm not going to get over it. Well, then I again, think... hey, it's like Apple taking away the headphone jack. Are you used to that? <laughs> you get used to it over time, right? Fuck no, I'm still rocking an old ass phone that has a headphone jack. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, me, motherfucker. <laughs> the concept is people usually get over it. <laughs> not me, not today. I'm drunk. <laughs> That's, <it. laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep it going, you... man. Yeah, you totally, you totally actually like took the point I was going to say, but, uh, so like, as far as like, you know, there's definitely advantages of, you know, releasing stuff early. Um, but by the, by the bulk of it, what I'm summarizing from it is it's like, it's only been really effective for, you know, well-established bands or whatever. So like, if you're like a local artist or whatever, and so kind of like kind of disagreeing with what you're saying, Orion. Um, well, actually, I don't know if I'm disagreeing or not, but uh, how dare you? How dare I? But uh, Go, hey, what are you saying? <laughs> what, Lay it down. I'm about to have a rebuttal. Well, well, I'm trying to, but I don't think you'll you'll put it. But uh, no, I'll get it. You won't get what the rock is saying. <laughs> I hope, will not smell what the rock is cooking because he's cooking up some shit. But yeah, uh, shit's good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i'm saying you know when it comes to uh local bands and stuff like that i don't think or like unsigned bands not even just local bands you know doesn't matter what what stage you are i feel like the three song drop thing and releasing half your record ahead of time is still more beneficial for the uh the bigger acts or whatever i wasn't uh, talking for, about unsigned bands though but go i know on. i'm getting, getting i'm getting there i'm getting there but uh, I'm talking about for, uh, you know, the unsigned local bands or whatever. Uh, and you were you were talking about the, the 
local ones with this next point I'm talking about. Uh, when you're trying to release stuff, um, you still like I like I think that it's a really good strategy. And uh, both of you guys, let me know if I'm wrong on this. It like you don't want to just release release a single, you know, how you see all your favorite bands do it. You don't want to release a single and then wait a couple like months or like a month or two and then release another one and then release another one. Like if you're trying to establish yourself and like really get things rolling and, you know, make sure that people ha still have your band on the mind, you kind of do want to have a bunch of, you know, singles not like consecutively come out, but like at least maybe a month's time. I feel like that's like a, a good, uh, a good, you know, release release time so like you know drop drop one november 1st drop another one december 1st and drop a third one with your album on uh whatever come oh january 1st yeah oh yeah I'll, I'll, i personally think that's too long i kind of think so i keep a a three week kind of thing every three weeks uh that extra seven days makes a difference honestly i agree because with that. If, if you're a smaller band uh it's just three weeks is even still that's borderline you know what i mean you don't want to release something every two weeks because you're releasing content too quickly and you're giving all your content away and what left do you have to give but every three weeks is that perfect borderline where you're releasing enough content in a timely manner but you also can still utilize let's say a single you released already and eventually, eventually you can do a live video for that same single because you're still releasing content, but at this point, it's visual content, and you're not giving all your content away. You know what I mean? All but about the keeping, visual. Yeah, people love visuals, but yeah. I, I mean, mean, it I really depends think... on the band sometimes. Like, <clears throat> if a band is artistic and has a certain vision that they want for dropping their record, and, you know, there's some bands who literally... I mean, they're not local, but smaller bands are... I'm seeing bands bring it nowadays where they're doing, you know, a video for each of their three singles or whatever it is, and they're, they're placing them really, really nice to keep that... To keep, to keep eyes on them before their record drops and just really stir the pot and impress um, these new fans and stuff. It just really depends, man. It's, it, it's something that's neither right nor wrong. It's just kind of hard to pinpoint. It depends on the artist's budget, honestly. Oh, well, that too, yeah, yeah. That's really where it stems, or that's where you're going to be able to gain what you can do with the content that you have. I think the reason why I stated like a live video is because it's not going to be as much production in the sense of a music video, but it's still a visual, real, you know, without needing to do all the effects to it and not needing a storyline. It's just you playing live over an audio, you know, Yes, and sir. So, and by the way, Joe, y'all's live video was fire. I tried to hit that nigga, but he don't do it no more. That was, yeah, that was just like a one, like. It was sick. He did, he did it for free. And like, he just like asked if he can come out to the show and shoot video. I was like, yeah, that's cool. He was like, yeah, I, I'm going to try and make it into a music video. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, go for it or whatever. I wasn't expecting much. I thought it was just going to be some like normal camcorder footage or whatever i haven't used the word camcorder in like yeah i was about to say something about that <laughs> but what's uh, up grandpa <laughs> <laughs> got the camcorder here 
when he put in his uh, fucking cassette tape and had to reload it. But uh, yeah, uh, no, yeah, I wasn't expecting like I, I didn't really know what to expect or whatever. But I was like, yo, homeboy, professional like that. Like I'm not even gonna like. I don't even want to toot my own horn. It was sick, that man. Is that was definitely one of my favorite like live music videos. Even if it wasn't my band, that's one of my favorite live music videos I've ever seen. I was like, that's really fucking dope. You know what's funny, Joe? Yeah? Camcorder. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, man. I'm not going to live this one down. Fucking camcorder. <laughs> Remember back when we had to shoot those videos with a flip camcorder? <laughs> that's I know you were. Okay, I'm but even though let's talk about that, you know, I mean, <laughs> dropping a record and everything like that, you know, budget is key. And I feel like if you're really trying to make something great and you're trying to do a record and all that type of stuff, you need to have some money. You need to have some visual. If you're not doing that nowadays, you're ultimately fucking up. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I think a uh, great, like, uh, I don't know. So, like, you know, like Nicholas Scott with like Aries, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, that's the guy right there. Yeah, dude, I've known Nicholas Scott since like years and years. So that's why I've been like a part of like all his projects. But uh I think like see in the beginning they would have been successful because right away they had the money to drop on a dope music video with also incredible quality. So I mean every artist is going to be able to do with whatever budget they have. And they're going to be able to try to utilize their money and put it in the, you know, what works best for them. Some people might need to put it more towards the audio. And honestly, I think that's what every artist should do first. Don't worry about the visuals. I think every artist should focus on three quality songs versus 10 shitty quality songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Facts. And, like, some people don't even realize that. They're putting out some shitty seven-song demo thing, and it's like, why? Just spend hella more money on three songs, really good quality ones. Chances are you're going to get signed off to three versus your shitty seven-song demo. And this is how it is nowadays. Like, <clears throat> motherfuckers aren't getting pop, aren't getting big. Like, back in MySpace, saw some underground basement dumbass recordings. Man, everyone's bringing it now. Everyone knows what to do. It's more competitive now than ever as far as that's concerned. Oh, absolutely. The game, and not only that, you have everybody being able to just do it themselves because Spotify is allowing the, the, you know, to be that accessible to you know, musicians. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel that. It, it, it's a whole new ballgame now. I hope you can come back and uh, dive into this manager game again. I think you could... Uh, pick up all the new stuff quick and fucking be a force to be reckoned with and do both. Clothing line and manager yeah. gave Valdez in the house, nigga. Boom. Yeah, dude. I, I, I still have some contacts in the industry, so, you know, I definitely wouldn't mind putting them to use, that's for sure, you know? Get it, man. Gabe, Gabe's, like, Gabe's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this label popping and then I'll, I'll be directing the managers around. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in, the, in the beginning, I will be manager slash label owner. So, that's you know, it's, right? it's going to be a given. I am already have an artist that's kind of under my wing, just not officially under my management. And it's been pretty cool to be a part of the process for 
releasing stuff and being able to, you know what I mean? That to me, I, that what, the feeling of like how satisfying that is will never go away. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's pretty badass. Well, so. I know you said that you wanted to do a label for a long time and you weren't quite sure how to get it popping. What, what sparked or what did you learn to really get a label going for any listeners out there? Cause everyone, I mean, even me, I always wanted to, start my own label i'm not doing it but i mean it's, it'd be cool to know like what do you have where do you start man um honestly i still do have some you know still quite a bit of research to go but what i'm gonna do is is buying my llc like i said in the beginning yeah. because it's gonna respect all my personal assets as well as i already have my name so i gotta copyright that to make sure that it's gonna be you know it's protected and as for my artists so, like, I already know where I'm going to go with it in the sense I'm going to offer, you know, a distribution deal, but they do get the incentive of having, uh, you know, some merch designs. And that goes with my, like, local art, you know, my designer, my, you know, that does my designs, as well as my local printing guy. That's where those contacts come into play. Great. Because I am going to be able to use those people for my merch designs and get it at a cheap cost and be able to help my bands out. And then that's gonna be their money-making stuff you know, when they're on tour, stuff like that. Um, but I, I still have a lot to plan out, honestly. Uh, it probably won't, I'm hoping to release the label by like mid-2019. So there's gonna be a lot. I think I can do it sooner, but it's not to rush the process. You know what I mean? You gotta do it all. Perfectly fine, you know. What I mean? It's cool that you have those contacts lined up for that because there are some small labels out there that have contacted me like a while back, and you know they didn't have anything really to to offer us or you know the band, and that's the first thing these bands are asking. And if you know if you can come out saying that you can provide those things and do merch and things like that, you know you'll probably get some bands. But there's motherfuckers out here starting labels. Who can't even do that it's really insane yeah the the thing is is like i already have artists they already respect me as a my previous work so it's easy to have bands that already feel that i we have mutual respect in the sense of how i'm as a business man as and then them as the artist because they do have a lot to offer and i think that luckily we do agree and that's how they are becoming my first artist, my second artist, and even my potential third artist, because we are already connected, we know each other, and that's what's gonna gain, um, gonna gain other people to want to be on my label is because they see the artists that are on there already, and the progression that it's taking. So for me, that's how I'm gonna gain new audience and new uh, people hitting me up. As for other people starting out, it's all about who you know. If you know good, talented artists that are willing to work with you, go with that. But if you don't know anybody, then go to shows and talk to people. Try to see what local band's really good. Try to to get to know your scene. Maybe that's how you start out if you start out a label, you know? That's how it but starts it for most of us, doesn't it, though? Going to our first show and everything opens up from all these different avenues. <clears throat> so that's fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have those experiences from back then, you know? Um, I'm just glad that I took a big leap, and I think that's what every person should think of. Think of a big leap in the sense of 
not so much of investment, but in the sense of to not limit yourself to only a local scene, but you can still manage outside of that, or you can sign an artist outside of the state and don't feel like you're so belittled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the, like, what's, what's the stop? What's the stop you from doing it? Like if you, if you, you know, if, if you, if you've done your research and you know, like, you know, you, you feel like you have the know-how or, you know, you have some like innovative ideas, you know, why, why not like shoot for the stars? Uh, like just go for it. I think, I think that's, that's don't, don't think that, you know, just going through like the beginning stages is the only option. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good option as well. Like, you know, go, go through local bands and then work your way up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's definitely a viable option, but don't think that, you know, shooting like shooting out to somebody who could be in a huge band uh is out of the picture like that's still totally attainable like definitely take those risks and you know don't be afraid to do so because you know the worst that can happen hey it didn't work out all right i'll go and do my thing and you go and do your thing and wish each other the best of luck like it's really not it's it's not that bad to you know take those take those risks and you know maybe you'll lose lose some time and that's it but you know if you if you're truly passionate about it that's not going to stop you so that that's that's a really good takeaway from that for sure but your experience points will go up (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean level up on these niggas (laughs) (laughs) like straight up though you're gonna level up on these niggas man i love what you just said though joe because i mean we were talking about um promoters and bands uh the other day and how you know you start in the scene and you start picking up and you were saying how you know then we started going over to pa instead of branching out and things like that the same can be said for a manager who's working with some cool bands from the state and then they're one of their you know best bands is finally going out and playing shows and they're coming back like hey like we just played this show this one band was real fucking sick and they're looking for management and then a whole new door opens up and just keep you know, doing that type of thing and you're catching all these sick bands and, you know, it's not, it's not even really that hard. It's just being open and just networking. Networking has always been a big thing, no matter what time period. That's the one thing in the industry that has never changed is you still in this day and age have to network like a motherfucker. And it doesn't matter what industry it is. You just have to network within what you're going for, whether if it's for me being a clothing brand, you know, going with uh, other, uh, you know, whether if it's a shirt company or whether it's a printing company, whatever it is, or if I'm in management to keep in contact with other booking agents, other managers, labels, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just know it, bro. That's number one. Listeners, network. Get to know people. Don't be a shut-in, you know. Be, be out there, bro. Be yourself. All day, 2018, yeah. inside the end line, Obama. And do not and do not do it after like seven shots. <laughs> do it after like six shots. You'll be all right. Six shots. <laughs> you might so, be all right there. Right. Yeah, but, but yeah, from, <laughs> from what you guys were from what you guys were saying. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> you know, camcorder though. <laughs> 
Yo, <laughs> I forgot. I couldn't bring out. I couldn't remember the word I was trying to look for, but like Sorry, that was the man. quickest one I could think of. When I forgot, <laughs> uh, yeah, you couldn't just say camera thing. Video game. No, because well, all right, both of you guys go to hell. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Now I forgot my point, but no, no, no. You, you find it, bro. I want to hear because like camcorder. Okay, so you you can't keep bringing that up because I'm gonna keep remembering. That. <laughs> uh, Gabe, what yeah. the hell are we talking about? We're talking about networking and why it's important. And oh yeah, we ended off there. There we go. Yeah, yeah, now I remember. But yeah, so that's that's something that's really uh, actually really cool. Uh, and again, uh, super fun about doing this podcast is like you know you to actually have conversations with people. And it like me personally, like it's not even like for, for the podcast, like, like I'm more willing or like more like, uh, prone to like helping promote, uh, or like helping like share certain stuff. So like we had a podcast with, uh, our friend or my friend Tyler small, we're gonna have to redo that one, but, uh, yeah, I love Tyler. He had known Tyler for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Like, take away. No, go ahead. When he was in, uh, in the name of. Oh uh, uh, you know, yeah, we were... dude. I still, I still have those recordings. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, that, that it was a dope band. We used to share each other shit all the time. But that's when uh, we we talked with him. But yo, when we were doing that podcast uh, with him, it kept like that fucking New England internet must be some discount internet because it kept cutting out, uh, and I couldn't edit it. So. Uh, I, I told him we're going to redo the podcast uh, another time because, you know, he's a great ass dude to talk to. I wanted to hear everything I had to say, but uh, yeah, it just wasn't working out. But I think you had that Dollar Tree internet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so more so what I'm saying is like, you know, it, it's, it's cool to like talk to people, get to know people because you'll be more invested in, you know, everything that they're doing and you'll be more, you know, prone to like, like help, help them like pursue their dreams. Like I'm like, we just had a podcast for, with, uh, uh, Will Ramos from Monument, Monument of Memory. He used to be in Wake in Providence and, you know, he was, he's been, uh, my friend ever since, uh, we went on a tour together, but you know, I love, I like, I love shouting out his band and like promoting his stuff. It has nothing to do with inside the unsigned, but personally I'm like, Hey, yeah, check out this band. And like, I feel like it's really important to have those connections with people, uh, not only to like, you know, have some more friends or whatever, but you know, it can help with networking too. And who knows where, where that can lead down the line. So it's really cool to, you know, establish those sort of relationships where it's like more personal than just like, Hey, can you share this? Like I'm doing this on my own. Like, I'm not sharing this because you asked me. I'm sharing this because I'm trying to support my friend. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that, was, that was a good segment. <laughs> no, I've, I've done that for sure. I've definitely showed off my friends like music all the time. People I've worked with or not worked with at all. And I just respected them, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, it's pretty cool just to do that. You know what I mean? It's, uh, just to get other people's reactions that they actually do enjoy it 
and it's somebody that's like not even local in their own town like i know it's weird that i know more east coast musicians than i do in like my own like hometown honestly which is really funny and uh but it's cool because i get to show people in sacramento different east coast bands all the time you know what i mean and people like you keep it going man yeah, absolutely. It helps spread the word. It gets in. If people, if there's people like me that are willing to share something that's good, it's what's going to help spread things around. Just like if people like my shirt in another state, someone's going to ask where that is, and then hopefully that catches on, just like this, the music will. With you know what I mean, but. Yeah. One thing, one thing that like that just like kind of brought to mind. Uh, and this, this is actually pretty about this before. Um, so when you're starting your record label, like I, I like I already know like how supportive you are of like bands and stuff like that, like up and coming artists and all that sort of stuff. But once you start a label, do you like do you see yourself like still doing that sort of thing? Like even if they're not part of your label and they have nothing to do with like anything that benefits you, like would you still personally like? share like share bands that you're into and stuff like like i feel like i don't see like label owners yeah i absolutely would only because i just love music that much where there's always such good talent and you can't sign at all and you really can't and there's such great talent and it may not be under your own label but it doesn't mean they're not good or deserve to be uh exposed if you can show somebody a good band then show somebody a good band like don't just be like you got to only listen to my artists and that's it yeah i respect that that's i mean that's cool because like i said like i mean i don't really follow many label owners or anything like that or uh just but like even not even label owners just like people who work for labels or even down to management i i really re- see people in like the sort of calibers like promoting anybody else besides you know people they work with so that's 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 i respect that for sure yeah i appreciate that and yeah there's in my opinion i feel like it's just there's no point to want to hold back on something that's good you know what i mean yeah yeah if you got something good to check out like why wouldn't you send it to me and that's my concept of thinking you know yeah i feel that um on on a, on a side note, just because I, I was just randomly thinking about it, though, uh, what like what what bands are you jamming right now, though? Like what what kind of music are you like? Uh, what's what's on your Spotify or Apple Apple Play or whatever? What what are you jamming to? For, for one, hey, for one, I'm Spotify all the way. I've been Spotify since uh, man, I don't know, for like five years now, going yeah. straight premium style. Hey, yeah. hey lit. Damn no, uh, dude. I've been, uh, <laughs> there's been quite a few. I mean, um, I've been really digging the new Polyphia album. Um, oh, dude. Oh, fuck. You know who they are? God damn. Thank God somebody else knows who they are. Uh, dude, the new Polyphia album has been sick as fuck. I've been jamming, jamming that quite a bit, honestly. It They're awesome insane. live. Yeah, I saw them live uh, a couple Saturdays ago. They're damn. so sick. Yeah, dude, and I've been following them for a while. They've like put out like a few records, so they're doing really good right now. Honestly, 
Yeah, they are. Everyone's talking about them. They're they're definitely the band to look out for. Definitely. Did you um, hear the song with Jason Richardson, track one? Because uh, my guitarist showed me them, and like, god damn, bro, them motherfuckers is getting busy. Yeah, dude, it's pretty <laughs> fucking sick. <laughs> it's definitely dope. I mean, one thing too is like, I try to find stuff that's in appropriate in my work setting um because like you know i've that, heard that before from people by the way <laughs> and that works for me we're just like dude what is he listening to this is still like okay he's listening to something pretty dope you know and and they don't really think twice about it you know what i mean same with uh chan's album they came up with like last year you know chan's album's like pretty damn good you know um, I fuck with their name, yo, Chon. Yeah, it's sick, dude. And uh, Dead American, dude. I've been talking to Cove from Dead American. He's he's a super dope guy, the ex uh, vocalist of Sayosin. Um, oh, is that so, his yeah, band? So, yeah, he has a new band, Dead American. Man, I never Shout heard out them. Cove. I checked them out, man. Yeah, dude, it's pretty sick, man. I'm pretty stoked that he's back at it in the game. Uh, really nice guy, dude. And so I've been jamming that. Um, dude, there's a lot of, honestly, a lot of the new Our Hollow, Our Home. That album's pretty cool. That came out, I think, like last Friday. Yo, Joe, who brought them up recently? I thought like someone brought them up on the podcast. I missed, I missed the name of Our Hollow, Our Home. Uh, I don't recall. Someone did, but yeah, go on. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like a lot of, I mean, you know, I was like jamming out to like the Fit for a King album for a bit when it came out, but I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah, and, I've been jamming uh, that too. It's pretty sick for sure, dude. And I don't know, I listen to like anywhere off the board, you know, it could be like super instrumental, it can be pretty heavy, it can, you know, a couple punk albums here and there. I'll sometimes go back to my old albums of like Minor Threat and Misfits and AFI or, you know, something like that. Limp Biscuit. Limp <laughs> <Lim> Biscuit. <laughs> Break shit. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the he said, she said. Right? <laughs> nah, yeah, there's, there's always tons of stuff in my Spotify. Like, I could go on for days of what's in there. So you guys wouldn't want to sit there for days knowing what's in there. I actually filled up the capacity of my Spotify library that I had to take albums out. Jesus Christ. I never, I Is never, that pop? I never knew you can reach a limit on Spotify albums. <laughs> oh, my What's God. What's the limit? I, yeah. Oh, I don't even know, dude. I had so many albums on there. Oh, my God. It was probably like 50,000 or more. I don't know. 50,000 yeah, albums saved on your that's shit. That's a... Yeah, it's a fucking proud moment. Like, honestly, I would take pride in that shit. Like, and yeah. they're all albums I've listened to numerous of times. You know what I mean? And yeah. that I still go back and listen to. So I mean, you're the first person I've ever heard say that he saved fifty thousand albums, or even close to it. This guy is something else, people. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, one band I've been slacking on for a while, but I've been jamming the album like. For a week straight now. Uh, who? Oh no, no. Boy, no. I know you. No, well, not them. And 
I was like, I was an okay fan of them back in the day, but all this new Dance Gavin Dance stuff is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sick for sure. Tillian, like I, Tillian's done a really good job, and I, I think Dance Gavin Dance fits him way better than Ties the Man. Like, it, it's really insane. Like, I had no idea. Uh, like, I knew they were, like, I mean, they've always been really, like, really good, but I never really, like, fucked with them too hard. Like, there was a, like, when Johnny Craig was in the band, I liked them. When, uh, I forgot the second singer's Kirk name. Travis? Um, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, they had that one song that I liked, um, me and Zoloft get along just fine. Uh, that was my fucking jam, but, uh, yeah, this, this, this is, this is a dish that's got me different, so I definitely want to I want to yeah, I want to watch. I definitely like this one. Dude, their first week sales or not sales, their first week streams were insane. How much was, were they? I think it was like eleven million streams or something. Their first week. Holy fuck! Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Really it, good. It was something nuts, dude. I was like, wow. Damn. Yeah, that's that's insane. He's making like, that money. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so- they're making. I mean, not only that, dude. They're still doing. They don't need a tour as often, but they could still do. They're at a stable point where they can do whatever. Will Swan's doing really good with Blue Swan Records. You know, he's the the guitarist and he writes the majority of the music. Yeah. Blue Swan. Uh, Will's an awesome dude, and uh, you know he. Yeah, it's crazy. So they're all kind of doing their thing, and but they can. They don't need to maintain on the band at this point. You know what I mean? This is going to be a trivia question. What's your guys' favorite Dance Gavin dance song? Uh, damn. Yo, that's hard. You gotta that's pick. That's really hard. I'm putting all y'all on the spot. I'll tell you mine first. This is like not a single, but off the first full length, "Open Your Eyes" and uh, "Look Up North" with Johnny Craig on it. That's my fucking jam all the time. Yo, hand, you gotta give me a second, dude. Like, <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, also, yeah. "Caviar" is a good song too. Caviar is pretty sick. Okay, so I would say like. Ooh. I put my man on the spot. He did. All right, top three. So top, I, three top three. I, I do well, like, no. okay, I like, uh, and I told them I invented times, you know, oh, and that's like up to down. Yes. That, I mean, it's. That's it's, one of the ones I'm debating. And, uh, whoo, it's going to be something off, um, for sure off the self-titled album too. And that's gonna, I don't know, that's a hard one. That might be something like Uneasy Heart. That might be one. Or Alex, uh, I don't know. I would have to like kind of like listen. Uh oh. I played Caviar, music. though. I love that song. <laughs> oh no, you played music. I thought I played music. I was like, no. Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it didn't. I, oh, I cool! It didn't. It didn't cut yeah, off. Oh, dude, sick! Yeah, I played it by accident. I'm like, why am I hearing dance? Kevin dancer, and I'm like, oh, I pushed play. <laughs> My <Sorry>. man's jamming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd have to but be yeah, probably uh, off the self-titled album, and then I really like the Happiness album. So for me, it's three records. I can't name three songs, man. That's hard. But <laughs> it's, it's, fair, it's enough, so, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, I would. I would have to say, like. And and I invented Times New Roman like that, that was just such a good one, dude. It's a banger. It's just hands down amazing. And then the only the 
Well, actually, I love the me, me and Zoloff get along just fine. But uh, I fucking love. Oh shit! Now, now, see, now I'm in the conundrum. Uh, the <laughs> conundrum. Song, uh, fuck. What's the What's the name of the song? All right. Well, I love the song "Calm." That's a good song. Uh, that's a really good song. But I really fucking love uh, "Evaporate" because at the end of the song, they throw it back to. And I invented Times New Roman, and me and Zoloff get along just fine. Like they have that lyric in there where he like, you got, have you have you guys noticed that? Yo, I actually uh, heard that song, bro. I pretty Yo, I just gotta like re like listen, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Honestly, I'd have to go so back and check it out for sure. It's it's fucking perfect. So listen to Evaporate. It's the last track off of this record. Oh, and, off the new one. Uh, yeah, off the new one, and uh, he. Uh, like he repeats the lyrics. Uh, I should have listened to your friends. You would have been over this by now. And then, as he drags out the now, he does the same uh, vocal thing that they do in times. Or uh, uh, you know, I I invented. Yeah. And then whatever. And uh, he does that. He does that same exact like note pattern. And then I found. Or whatever. Yo, that's and, awesome. Uh, it was. Like, <laughs> When I noticed that shit, I was just like, all right, just because of that, this is my second favorite song yeah. on this album. Like, Are you guys fans shit. of Slave's new album, though? I haven't really heard much of it, honestly. Boy. Me neither. I'm just going to say this. Yeah. Y'all definitely should give it a peep. I know uh, my boy Matt Beats. Yeah, Matthew Marquez. He uh, did drums on it, though. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Matt did, um, he was the, he drummed for Norma Jean. He's the original vo- uh, drummer of Hardest. And I met him when he was drumming for, he was our fill-in drummer slash became permanent drummer for Isaac Diamonds when I was managing them. Damn, my man's been busy. <laughs> yeah, he's dope as fuck, dude. He's a really good I've drummer. I've seen Hardest live like fucking years back. They were cool. What happened to them? Uh, right now, Matthew, uh, they're working on a new record right now. They're coming back. They had some, uh, I don't know if it's more of like a record deal with like Roadrunner kind of thing or what, but, uh, but you know, I think they're working, uh, from what I heard, Matt's working on some new stuff, so. Yeah, good for him, bro. Yeah, and he, like I said, he's still doing a lot of drumming, so he's a studio drummer right now. He's done a, quite a few, like, signed, like, actual, uh, signed artists recordings for like drumming studio drumming stuff so he's still making a living off music which is pretty cool shit i'm about to hire this nigga no dude he's a beast dude he's really fucking good you're gonna want that guy at least as a studio drummer for sure man guy can fucking make i mean if he can play for like norma jean and play for artists and play for slaves dude dude he's on point Yo, peep slaves, though. I'm telling y'all, y'all will be down. I fucking, nigga, I slept on slaves for a long time. I, this new album, I, bro, this new album, I I've been, it. I've been definitely sleeping on slaves. I did fucking love that song, uh, uh, whatever it was about, or whatever. What was the it? The white girl song. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That one's actually pretty tight. I like that song, too, though. I I love that song, but, that like. pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, like I have that on like repeat, like constantly. But I, I, I'm like, why didn't I like actually listen to all of, all of 
all of slaves like i like this song so just listen to the rest <laughs> like come on check out the new well, album bro it is full of bangers and there's also a track where this is the first time uh because there was an article about it johnny's talking about like actually some some really real shit back when he was you know doing his cruddy things and you, you you've all heard it he actually has a song where he's talking about it. it's really heartfelt it's real good the new album is phenomenal, and I'm gonna fucking I'm plugging that right now. I know that her okay. second album, Spencer Chamberlain, was on it. That's my dad. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I, you guys look alike too. <laughs> fuck no. no I'm kidding. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, my dad is white though. It it could be Orion. Ch- it could be right. possible, but even my dad doesn't even look, doesn't even look like me, man. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I, I saw you, the picture you showed me. He, well, not that much, but like, kind of. I see some parts. <laughs> I look more like my mom because you know African is the dominant yeah, that's, gene. That's... <laughs> the funny part is I'm fifty four percent white. I, well, I know they were getting busy. <laughs> yo, they definitely were, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, stop! Don't say that. Talk about your camcorders and shit. Yo, can you like let that go though? <laughs> Conundrum. Yo, okay, hold up. Um, yeah. Wait. What are you sorry. saying, Joe? No, no, sorry. That that pauses on purpose because I need to pause this whole part that we're talking about. So, uh, the app usually like stops recording after two hours uh so i'm down to keep keep it going if you guys want to if not then uh we can wrap it up and all that sort of stuff but uh up to game yeah yeah it's up to it's up to you man orion and i are fucking night owls and well you're a fucking in california so it's still relatively to be honest joe you're gonna have to do a part one and part two for this because we we were going for a good while before this we've, one. We've remember? been going since seven fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So uh it's up to you guys. We, like I'm down to still shoot the shit if you guys are, but if uh if if you guys have uh things that you need to do, it's all good too. And then I can wrap this up. But uh I mean for me personally I was gonna say I mean as much as I love talking, I was gonna wrap it up a bit, mainly because I wake up decently early in the mornings for work. True, so. true. Hey, get oh, it, yeah. bro. All right, cool. Then, uh, then yeah, what I'll do is I'll do another quick pause just so I can edit this whole thing that we're talking about out, and then uh, I'll be able to close it out and all that sort of fun stuff. All right. All right, cool. All right, Gabe, so we've taken up plenty of your time, and thank you so much for talking to us, man. It has been so much fun, and... I have a feeling this is not going to be the last time we have a podcast with you. This has been great. Yeah, it's def- yeah, it's been really good having you, man. I've had a great time. It's really fun just chatting it up, and it's great being able to talk about different aspects of the industry, the clothing brand. I'm glad you guys uh, were supportive on that, and I hope people get something out of this. So, it's yeah, pretty cool. and and uh, you know, it, it it was a very you know a fun podcast, informative podcast, and you know, we definitely have a lot more to talk about. So uh, we'll consider this 
uh, a part one of sorts with our with our chats with Senor Gabe. So uh, with that, we are inside the unsigned. My name is Joe D. And I'm Cam Quarter OG. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Gabe Valdez. Thank you so much, man. Have a good one. We love you. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks, guys. All right, dude. Later, bro. All right, catch you later, guys. Peace. Later.